With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There was some Mishki hair in there too, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Well, that was... Uh... That was revolting. What did you do? What? What? Did you just dump it coffee all accident. over the speakers? It was an accident, but now it's all cleaned up. <laughs> oh my gosh! Janitor, I can't. Janitor Judd, add a new title. Oh my gosh! Well, I found stuff from like 1973 well, in there. Think about it. That room hasn't been cleaned since Orville left. Oh, that was like five years ago. Yeah, so it's been a good five years <laughs> Why since no that room. Dick Pomerantz left some stuff too. I think. <laughs> wow. Okay. Ding ding. Now a hit to the outfield. Should add another run. Three two to Cave. There's a high blast to center field. Trout going back. This is back and gone. Jake Cave to the deepest part of the ballpark. A two-run blast. As much as we've had a winning homestand, um, you know, kind of feels like a roller coaster. You know, and that when you lose, it's it's been tough because some of the games have felt winnable, and that's kind of been the theme. Um, a lot of our losses feel like, man, we're just so close and just not finding ways. But today. Um, you know, a little back and forth early, but you know we had the big rally there. All right, so the short-term good news: Twins won yesterday, but uh, it's June. We're not interested in breaking down each baseball game like it's an NFL football game. Lord help right? us if we do. So uh, let's turn our attention to our dear friend and colleague Patrick James Royce, StarTribune.com. This is a this didn't make the newspaper, right? Was it too negative for the newspaper? I think it was a blog he did. Okay, because he doesn't write his column for Mondays, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Ding. Oh, swings and misses. Down on strikes. They will strand the two-out double. Two balls, two strikes. The fleet-footed Byron Buxton, who goes down swinging. One out here in the fourth. Wiggins has it knocked away, gets it back for the win! And it falls off the rim in Minnesota. Another heartbreaker tonight against Oklahoma City. Wiggins is spending the summer on, uh, you know, improving some things, and one of them he's been working on is threes. If he could come back and uh, conquer that, I mean, that in itself would go a long way uh, solving it because he plays so many minutes. All right, Timberwolves. All right. This is from our friend Patrick's blog on StarTribune.com. The notion that the Wolves are either unfairly criticized compared to the Twins or that the Twins should be criticized a lot more than the Wolves. Considering the magnitude of this 10-and-a-half-week failure by the Twins, and yes, they won yesterday, but they keep Overall, losing yeah, series. A, and yeah, It's a failure. He writes, I've been surprised at the modest amount of angst directed at the Twins from the local sporting public. Indifference seems to be far more in vogue than vitriol. I found this to be... 
quite a contrast to the recent Timberwolves season, where large numbers of fans with interest in Minnesota sports would inform me of their complaints over our NBA team. Charles Barkley and Chris Webber were also over the top in their bashing of Tom Thibodeau and the Wolves. Chuck declared them the dumbest team in basketball. The Twins aren't getting much of that at all, maybe because the NBA is the in-league with the social media wizards and national sports commentators and baseball is out. Bottom line, I feel as though the 2018 Twins are being shortchanged in criticism. I feel like this is a false equivalency or, or a false assumption that there's a finite amount of local sports criticism to go around. And we know as followers oh, no, no, of these teams... plenty of no, no, criticism to right, go around. There's plenty of room for criticism for everyone. Here's my, here's my feeling about this uh, column. Is, is the Twins deserve what they get? Because they've gone from awful to rebounding to be a very pleasant surprise and pretty good to being disappointing again. But the difference is this, and this is why I think you're upset about the the Wolves. This is why I'm far more um, into what's gone wrong there. When it comes to the Twins, I don't think there's a foreboding. I think that there is a feeling of, okay, your two biggest star or your expected two biggest stars might be busting, but they're not signed long term. And so if they're bust, they're, they're bust. But th- that's not on the current executive staff who's there. And I think most importantly, there is, right or wrong, there is a confidence in the current staff that is running the Twins that they are ultimately going to do the, the right thing. And there's some pitching now. The foreboding about the Wolves, to me, Phil, is very simple. You have just signed a player that that should be emerging as a star player, but, but has been essentially a disappointment to a long-term max contract. And your head coach and chief executive are a guy who, in order, coaching-wise, plays a style of basketball that is simply not probably going to compete with the best teams in his conference forever. And executive-wise, he is an impatient human being who's trying to win now and is probably going about it the wrong way. So I think the difference in in criticism is when it comes to the Wolves, you look at the Wolves and you say, this ain't going to work. When you look at the Twins, you, you say, it's disappointing right now, but I think there's a real chance this could still work. Uh, you, you've hit on it. It's it's the money thing. I think I think it's interesting, and, and he refers to this in the column, but a lot more people care about basketball in this country than they care about baseball right now. Look at the ratings. Go look at, and now you might... You might find uh, somewhat equal ratings for big-time World Series games, but more people watch the NBA. The NBA has become pretty easily the second most popular sport, so yes. there's just going to be more noise. And even in this town, the Twins have the Twins have been the louder megaphone for a long time, not because baseball is inherently and you know, multiple times more popular than basketball, but just because there's been nothing to be mad about, right? Mm-hmm. Or nothing to root for on the basketball side. Yeah, but but you've hit on it with the salary thing here. Uh, according to just to put this into context, is it Spotrack or Spot whatever yeah, Spotrack dot com contract okay? site? Yep. Andrew Wiggins is about to become the 14th highest paid player in the NBA, and that's a salary cap league where you can't just ah oh, well Joe Mauer makes a bunch of money, but you know what? If we had to go spend on Urban Santana, like we we could do it. Where um, or in baseball, teams have glass ceiling salary caps, sort of self-imposed salary caps. But mm-hmm. the player here are some of the players that make around the same amount of money as Andrew Wiggins starting this upcoming year. Joel Embiid, DeMar DeRozan, Damian Lillard, Al Horford, Paul Millsap makes only $2 million more. 
Uh, Gordon Hayward makes about $4 million more, but uh, this is the company he's in. And there's a few players who make less than him. Rudy Gobert makes less than he does. He's one of the best players in the NBA. Andrew Wiggins is going to make more money than Kyrie Irving and Kawhi Leonard next year. And Victor Oladipo. And Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So that's that's the angst right there. I think if Wiggins was still... Because Sano plus Buxton is $1 million. They're not really damaging, other than like spots in the lineup and damaging and your disapp- future. Because, and it's disappointing. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah. But they're not crippling your roster construction. They're not crippling your, your finances like Andrew Wiggins is. And Tom Thibodeau. I don't believe all the stories that have come out, but I believe where there's smoke, there's fire. Do you look at so, how do do you look at, at how the Wolves are currently coached or run and say, "I see something good," or do you say, "I like getting Butler, but besides that, I don't see this long term. I don't see this being a workable plan. I see Cat as being a very good player and potentially a superstar, or he he is one, but after that." I don't look at this roster construction. I don't look at this team. I don't look at what they're doing and say to, to myself, you know what? In five years, it's going to be great. I say, I, I don't even know. Well, I see I see. great players can have a lot of influence in the NBA. And so I see that they have enough good players on the team. Well, they have two great players. And then they have other good players like Jeff Teague. And, and so I see a team that basically wins despite the dysfunction of ownership, despite the dysfunction behind the scenes. The fact that Tom Thibodeau is just a hermit who sits in a room and if he does interact with other people, it's mostly unpleasant interactions based on a lot of people behind the scenes. So, like, I see the Wolves are winning games almost despite all the things that are going on around them. The Twins, you could argue last year, the Twins went to a postseason game elevating a lot of things that ordinarily wouldn't have. I mean, look what look what happened with that team last year. They made a, a historic jump from 100 losses to playoffs. Hmm? And so even though they've taken a step back, and I'm not saying that that the Twins should be free of criticism at all. I agree with I agree with the premise that Buxton and Sano, those are red flags and those are alarm bells going off. And they should off. get it, yes. But I think the reason why people, and, and us included, are just a little more hesitant to go all in on the Twins, you know, criticism and, as opposed to where we were with the Wolves, is because we see brighter things on the horizon two years down the road, maybe even next year. I, I feel like we've we have, have been very fair but critical of the twins. But my whole thing is this: the future for the twins. I say it could be pretty good. For the wolves, I say, oh boy. And if you had a GM who you had faith in, guess what? My view then is completely different, but you don't. You have one guy running the entire show, and as a coach, he screams and yells and doesn't shoot threes or have his team do it enough. And as an executive, he basically is a guy who's going to make any move he can to try and win right now with a roster that I don't think you can probably win with right now. Ding, ding. Fans, we did it. Get some beers, get some whatever, and start celebrating. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Washington Capitals, baby. Woo! This is your first time in front of this many D.C. sports fans back in D.C. since you won the Cup. What is this like? Uh, it's great. Um, you know, we have fun. <laughs> no, but uh, we are the champions, my friends. We
swimming now. The summer of Ovi, baby. It's only started. Has, uh, has Ovi slept and or had anything to drink other than vodka in the last, or beer? Oh, I think or he's beer. a beer, yeah. He beers and beer. Beer. Okay. Lots of beers. Uh, this, is, this is one of the greatest and most impressive benders you will ever see, right? Ovechkin wins the cup in v- Vegas on Thursday night. He takes it to casinos. He finally f- finds his way back with his teammates uh, back home. They go home. They're at the Nationals game on Saturday getting absolutely obliterated. And I think... They've been out since. This, though, is awesome to me because if you win a championship, this is how you celebrate it. You have a ton of fun, and guess what? You get you get out in the community and have fun with fans. Who cares about the White House? Who cares about dignitaries? These fans have waited forever to win this cup, and I think it's an absol- it absolutely is fun to see them taking that cup everywhere and being drunk at the same time. What, okay, what fountain was he flopping around in? Georgetown area, right? Is that Just like a public area? Yeah, well, he was in Georgetown, I believe. Yeah, because well, they... I, I mean, he was certainly there. I believe the fountains were in that area. Okay, good for him. Oh, it's, it looks magnificent. Uh, he, I did see He a, slept with the cup, that's too. That's what I saw on Instagram. Yeah, he woke up in the morning and... I don't know if he cropped out like the five women who were in bed next to him, but he definitely had the <laughs> cup married next now. to him. Push the gal out, though. Said, honey, I'm sleeping with the cup tonight. Well, wasn't Andre Kirilenko Russian, too? And Just because he was married. <laughs> well, that was a hall pass, though, right? Oh, I'm sure Ovi could probably negotiate no. something if he needed to. I just think <laughs> this is going to be... He is going to come to training camp weighing approximately 290 and, and having not slept, and he's not going to care. This is just this is as much fun as I've ever seen a person have, and and it goes back to you wait thirteen years basically to finally get this. You might as well have fun with it. The summer of Ovi. The summer of Ovi is not going to end. We the most have, impressive bender of all time. There needs to be a thirty for thirty documentary. I can already see what the summer is going to be like. A thirty for thirty on just Ovi's escapades with the Cubs. Cubs going. Cubs going home. Right. Russia. It's got to be going. So yeah, he's gonna. He's going to have, uh, as, as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up for training camp. Tipping the scales about 285, and I can't blame him. Everyone gets their day with the cup, obviously, eventually. Correct. Yep. Do you think he's just going to follow it around? It looks like he, he might. Hey, so every teammate, everybody from the front office, every clubhouse guy. Road at some point. Hey, you get your day with the cup. And there's Alex. He's going to hang out there, you? too. Yeah. He's Ovi, go home. Still here. No, not going home. No sleep. Still drunk. <laughs> So, so he's Ovi sounds like the cookie monster now? <laughs> Basically. Uh, Lindsey Whalen will join us in about 20 minutes. Wetmore on Twins and uh, all kinds of other fun stuff. 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Man, isn't this the greatest? On 1500 ESPN. Attention. Radio alert. Mackie and Judd now continue on 1500 ESPN. Gets it back for the win! And it falls off the rim in Minnesota. Another heartbreaker tonight against Oklahoma City. Uh, what's, uh, maybe we could reframe Pat's question from StarTribune.com to what annoys you most? The general state of the Timberwolves and strife and leaks from the Jimmy Butler, Tom Thibodeau side over the past few weeks, annoyed by Carl Anthony Towns, all that stuff, or... Or the Twins just generally being several games under 500 and Buxton and And your two prospects being bad, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'm equally annoyed by both, but I think I have more hope for the Twins going forward. It feels like the Wolves are 
That's maybe exactly missing a feel. window here a little bit, or yes. or throttling down too early and and cutting off maybe some of their future by trading away Zach Levine. And I I'm just very conflicted on it. Uh, I'm annoyed by both though. I'm I am I'm annoyed by both, but I'm far more um, dubious about the, the Wolves. And I look at the person trying to run the, the, the Wolves, and I don't see an end result that's positive. Yeah. And and if he's not around, Butler's gone, and now you're bet down to Cat, and is Cat happy? So so with the Twins, it it sucks that their two best prospects are busting, but they're not signed long term. And ultimately, you're not dead if they don't deliver. You're you're backed up a little bit. Your timetable's changed a little bit, but you're not absolutely dead. Yeah. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Lindsey Whalen, about fifteen minutes. Hey, Lauren, you're on the show. Hello. Yo, what's Hi, going Lauren. on, man? Yeah, um, you guys. I don't. I don't get what people are so intrigued about the NBA ball. To me, it's a fixed game. Oh God. The reason what, I say that stop. is, dude, if you got quote quote your greatest stars. And they never fall out of games. And here's what's really sad about it. You can take a young team that's got more physical ability and can do a lot of things. Now, if they were good in college, why are they failing in the NBA? Because they're not allowed to do the things that they should be able to do as being a basketball player. Lauren, couldn't you say that about every sport? Like, Tim, no. Tim Tebow was one of the greatest no, college quarterbacks of all time. In, in the NFL, a team that can go be a lousy team can be a good team next year. Now, this is what's a disservice to the fans, to the city, and to a team. If you if you you try to tell me that a guy like Shaquille O'Neal in his whole career who can't run, and you got guys that are the same height as him, like Kevin Garnett, Tom Brady can't, can't run in front of him and guard him and stop him from scoring. So, reason why he was able to score, I've seen it every time he came here. He always pushed people away hmm. to get to the ball. Because Kevin Garnett, if, he, if Kevin Garnett was allowed to defend him, he wouldn't score. Okay, I, 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 okay, yeah, stop, I, please. Just, thank you for the phone call, Lauren. Spilled, we co- really, really spilled coffee you. first, and now I get the old the really NBA is fixed it. call. Heck of a Monday. It was so much more than that, too. It was, it was the NBA is fixed, and it's a disservice to the fans and the sport that uh, you can come into the NBA, a guy like Shaq, and you can't really run or shoot, and you but can Shaq, still be great. So, I mean, Tom Brady can't really run either. But so it's a disservice to the NFL that Tom Brady can't run, and he can still dominate the way that he does. But was he trying to say then that Shaq was allowed just to get away with fouls continually? But Garn, you didn't have that makes no sense. Because Garnett, so if you had Garnett guard him, he would have been stopped. If you don't like basketball, that's fine. It's absolutely fine. I mean, if you don't like Golden State and you don't like one one team, that's fine. If you don't like LeBron, that's fine. But please stop with the game is fixed or rigged. Well, well, if there, there, I mean, in fairness, the NBA did bring that narrative upon themselves with, with Tim Donaghy Tim in the late yeah. 1990s. I get it, but do you? But I just love this buy-in that everyone, everyone's on board. We've already spent and it's 30, already 30 more seconds anyway. dissecting yes, that yes, yes. Let's ridiculous call. But I, I want on. 30 more seconds because there was one other thing that. Uh, that at least in other sports you can you can dominate in college and then go into the professional version of the sport and still dominate, which is ludicrous. Go look at almost any college quarterback, not named Russell Wilson or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy Clausen's great. Exactly my point. Timmy Chang, did that guy set the all time no the all time record? Yes, for, I, Hawaii, right? Just a spread. He, he had no chance. Nine wide receivers in, in a center and a quarterback. 
Why doesn't that translate to the NFL? I don't understand. Don't forget, Blaine Gabbert was going to be a star. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert was going to bring that that spread system from Mizzou into the National Football League and be an absolute star. Yeah. I feel like I can always tell. I don't know what it is if it's like the anti-NBA call. I, and and it, it sometimes it feels like there's more there's more to it than just like it's rigged and I don't like it. Well, yeah, I know where you're That's going. what that call really felt like to me. But it's it's fi- it's fine not to like it, but the default does not have to be it's rigged then. Well, what I okay, one one path that he was going down that uh I think a lot of people are frustrated with right now, the fact that the NBA has such predictable end of season outcomes with how great the Golden State Warriors are. Mhm. And um, now this year, the path to get there was much more winding and much less guaranteed than people thought. The end result wound up being Warriors win a championship and LeBron's team came from the other side. And like that's what was predicted at the beginning of the year. But remember, both those teams were down to their final breath going into a game six, down three games to two. So it's 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 predictable, but it's not. And I understand why fans get sort of frustrated. But ultimately, like one one of the arguments for for other sports as well. There's just more parody. Like Lawrence said on that phone call, there's like six things he said there that we could, he said he likes the NFL better because you can go from bottom of the barrel one year to jumping into playoff mix the next year. And that, that, that does happen quite and, a bit. And yes. you and I went through last week and there's only four teams that haven't had an above 500 record in the NFL over the past three years. So 28 teams have been nine and seven, 10 and six or better yep. in the last three years. Yep. There's a lot of fool's gold because you're, you're going to, you're going to come, you're going to have the weakest schedule and, and getting to nine and seven or 10 and six in a 16 game season isn't as hard as it would be to go. 50 or 60 wins in an NBA season. And people want people want their team to have a chance, and I get that. But one, it d- does not mean a game is rigged, and two, this depends on what you want. The NFL, see, this is the thing that I always go back to. The NFL, as a league, has a down pat. Plays once a week, it's perfect. F- fantasy sports is, is fun to play w- with that league. I get all of that. But I always go back to this. Sit down this season and consume as many games individually as you possibly can, and you get a lot of bad, bad games. Sit down and watch Golden State play continually, and guess what you get? You get a really damn good team. Now, if you don't like, if you don't like the predictability of them being good, that's fine. But to me, this is a conversation about what do you want? Because if you say to yourself, I love the National Football League and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to watch every game possible, not, not the, the highlight package red zone, but every game possible, you're going to get a lot of average to bad football. And, and so then come back and tell, come back and tell me after watching two mediocre to bad QBs play, how much you enjoyed that game. Because you didn't. If you say you did, you're lying. Yeah, and maybe you had one of them on your fantasy team for some inexplicable reason. Which this is all you about what you more. want. And yeah. if you're a fa- and if you're a Wolves fan, I get the frustration. But but that does the that does not make basketball rigged and or a bad yeah. league. Next year, there's going to be at least four teams that have a, a real shot to win the NBA championship, uh, which is still well. I'll go through them here: Warriors, Rockets, Celtics, with their two stars coming back. And then, you know, I might even put the Spurs in there, even if they don't get LeBron James, just because they're the Spurs and we've seen them pop up before. And then whatever team and LeBron LeBron's is team, on. That's, yeah, yes. whatever team LeBron is on. Yep. Um, that's still fewer teams for sure than Major League Baseball would, would give you. They, in fact, all, all, all of the teams that get into the playoffs in Major League Baseball, all 10 of them, 
you could say that all 10 have some sort of an outside realistic shot unless one of them just has no number two starter and a bad bullpen and they got into the wild card game with 85 wins. It's sort of like the Twins, I guess, last year. Uh, and in football, I mean, what's the max number of teams going into an NFL season that you would say oh. have a chance to, to legit win the Super Bowl? It's probably like eight. It fluctuates. Seven to eight. It fluctuates. It's more than the NBA. It's probably at least eight. It's probably, at least eight, okay. It's probably at, at least eight. Because what the NHL is legitimately twenty to twenty five every single year. Yeah, because all I'm, sixteen you could argue every year in the playoffs, and then there's probably two or three other teams I at might the beginning not of the year. Put it that high, but it de- it definitely has a fluctuation too. Football is the one where where it's interesting though, because you do almost always get I would say two to four teams who pop up, and two and two to four teams who just go south, and and so. You go from a great year to, you know, seven wins. So, but the point about football is when you go back to the fact of, of that doesn't make the games great. Like there's this notion of if I like the, the league, then the games are great. Well, that's not necessarily true. It's not. Some people, we're getting a bunch of tweets here. Um, I don't know. These are, we can, well, we can take calls later on. Some of these tweets are just ripping the caller here. But we don't need to pile on too much. We appreciate the phone call. Well, he brought up some points. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's fine. Lindsay Whalen is going to join when we come back here. Yeah, you've already spilled coffee. I spilled coffee. I cleaned up, which I never do, at home included. I've cleaned something up now, and now I've been told that... We should have taken photos of, like, the, whatever the... No, we, we didn't have time. The hair that was but, but the speakers, sitting behind those speakers. The speakers were at risk. I'm glad they're still working, actually. Uh, we'll talk to Lindsay when we come back here, and uh, before we go anywhere, Judd has a word for Prime Mortgage Lending. I, I do indeed. If you're considering your options, when it comes to mortgage companies, I want to suggest uh, my friends at Prime and Kent McCullough, and I want to do it because this is not about simply selling you on something, folks. This is about earning your trust first. In fact, Kent and the folks at Prime would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. That means while Prime would love to have you as a client, what they want to do is sit down with you first, meet with you, explain their plan, and from there, the decision is up to you. And that's because Prime and Kent believe in two very important things when it comes to every walk of life. This includes sports. It includes business. It includes your personal life. Those two things are teamwork and collaboration. It's what Prime is all about. It's what they believe in. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime and Kent to give you sound advice and straight answers. Prime, for instance, wants to take some of the mystery out of the mortgage process for you. Did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can actually pay your clo- your closing costs? Not just include them in your loan, but actually pay them for you. The website to go to is goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. Once again, that's goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T dot com. More Mac. Bill Mackie, Judd Zolgad. I like these guys, but sometimes they think they're too damn smart. Mackie and Judd. Dummies. Mm-hmm. On 1500 ESPN. This is your first time in front of this many D.C. sports fans back in D.C. since you won the cup. What is this like? Uh, it's great. Uh, you know, we have fun. <laughs> no, but... Uh, we are the champions, my friend. We will fight until the end. Okay, so dumb, dumb question on the on the Ovi front. Is he just the first one to get the cup? Because he's he spent the night with the cup. I don't even know. Y- yes, he is, and I don't know if this is going to count though. I, I don't think that this counts as his day because wow. the whole team still has it with him. 
So I think because he's the captain, he gets the cup. And then he gets it again later. And then he's going to get it for his day wow. to take it home is my guess. Oh, big time. I envy this This is guy, like on those Bachelor episodes I where envy him. before you get the one-on-one date, you... You get like a half hour yeah, off to yes. the side in the hot tub or something or in the, on the couch. You're like the first one. <laughs> Never to, thought of it that way, but yeah, that would be accurate. Yeah. yeah. Tonight, by the way, seven o'clock. Big time. Oh, a lot of drama. Oh, an developing. update tomorrow. Hey, she's from Minnesota. So, is it uh, Jordan? Hmm. What's her name? Where'd you get Jordan from? I thought there. I thought there was a Jordan. You just make Jordan that up. Rogers years ago. <laughs> no, I thought there was a. Jo- I thought there was a female Jordan. No, no? Becca. Becca Jordan. Now I get these kids' names confused. <laughs> I was just wondering where you found the Jordan. I thought it was Jordan. Jordan, Jordan with a with an O U. Yeah, I thought it was in a Y. In there okay, Becca. Somewhere. Update tomorrow um, though. All right, we're uh, we're hoping to talk to our friend Lindsey Whalen. She plays basketball for the Lynx and uh, coaches the Gopher women's team now. But here's a question for you: LeBron James came out after Game Four. It was maybe the most inevitable Game Four loss, and a lot of people were thinking, "Oh, they they fought in Game Four last year." It was but merciful this is way to get it done. Yeah, they just well, LeBron quit. Stephen A. ranting. Well, LeBron quitting on the team. Okay, it like they're not winning four straight. You can rip him for not going off for fifty points, but he comes out in a cast on his right hand, his shooting hand, for the post game press conference. And I guess my question to you is: Do you think he could have waited? He didn't have to go in front of cameras. Obviously, he wanted people to know. Here's why I haven't been bombing threes the last three games. Mm-hmm. And here's just another reason why this series didn't go the way that we hoped, yep. including all these other reasons, which are called my teammates in the locker room right now. Do you think LeBron James should have just kept that to himself, the broken hand or the, the contusion on his hand? Or would you have done the same thing he did, which is parade the cast out to the postgame press conference and wave it to the media and say, so, hey, hey. When did the report come out? It came out right before he came up on the podium. Is that right? Yeah, the report came out five minutes after the game ended All with right. like Brian Windhorst and a couple others. And then he confirmed it himself by walking out with I the cast I absolutely come out with cast on. Because if there's a report out there and I hide it, I'm going to be asked about it. Now, do I lie about it? Well, and, he probably floated the report. And if so, but I come out with the cast on. And the o- the only the only thing here is he tried to say that that he punched the whiteboard after game one because of the call against him and not J.R. Smith. That's BS. You punched it because of of all things, which is fine. Um, if there was a pie chart of why he punched the whiteboard, it's J.R. Smith ninety five percent. But <laughs> but I think he did the the right thing because eventually it was going to leak out, and then he's going to be asked about it, and who cares at, at this point? And I will say, in his defense, in his defense, if he played for the Washington Capitals, if he played left wing, and 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 he comes out at, for the uh, for the uh, post game presser with that cast on, we all say he's a hockey what player. What a warrior! He's That's a, a great hockey point. player. What an unbelievable thing LeBron James did. Lower he body. Punched, he punched the board to fire up his team. Yeah. So, he's a leader. I got, and then he grinded through the injury. And in the NBA, it's no like, right. wait a second. Your average your average depth of jumper was five feet closer because you were selfish and you punched a whiteboard. You know, if he had punched J.R. Smith instead I would, and broken his hand, I would have applauded. Him. I think people would feel much more bad or would empathize with him more, wouldn't they? I would have applauded him for that. That would have been a good move. But if you're, if he takes so much criticism, and a lot of it's just unwarranted and unfair compared to what some of his predecessors have taken. If you start to make a list of why he wore that cast to the post-game press conference, and I saw it, like Tim Legler was tweeting from ESPN, you got to take that to your grave. You either 
You either reveal the injury after game one when it happens, what? or you take it to your grave. No, you don't. Because now it looks like you're just trying to come up with excuses in retrospect. But this is the problem. Every time he drags in an inferior roster or an inferior coach to the NBA Finals only to get drubbed inevitably by a dynasty team, he gets crucified. Every time he scores 30 instead of 45 or 50, or every time he scores 5 in the fourth quarter instead of 15, people rub it in his face. Michael Jordan would have scored 15. People crush him for not doing enough. Yeah, And, uh, and so he's, I think he's just preemptively responding to unfair criticism and trying to be a more sympathetic and figure. And he's LeBron. It was going to get, get out, and, and once it's out, guess what? You're going to be asked about it continually. So just tell people. It's fine. It's yeah. absolutely fine. But in, but in hockey, he would have been perceived as an unbelievable hero. You are, I can't believe he played. So, so the double standard there is pretty high. I think he did the right thing. This is your first time in front of this many D.C. sports fans back in D.C. since you won the Cup. What is this like? Uh, it's great. Um, you know, we have fun. <laughs> no, but uh, we are the champions, my friend. <laughs> we will fight until the end. Lindsay, have you ever gone on like a 48-hour bender after winning the WNBA championship like Alex Ovechkin? No. No. What's, I have not. What's what's the most what's the most like fun celebration you've had after one of the titles? Probably when we went to Prince's house. Ooh. Um, oh. you know, when remember we did that 2015? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so probably that. Um that was pretty cool. That was uh something that was uh you know, more or less a once in a lifetime type of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, of course it's fun, the champagne and everything, you know, doing all that. It's, I mean, that's like your first time getting to do that. That's really, um, something that's, um, that's awesome. And, and, you know, you kind of dream of doing it because you always have seen these, um, all those, you know, pro teams do that. All those, um, you know, teams get to do that. And so when you finally break through and be able to, you know, do the champagne thing and all that. It's uh, obviously it's a lot of fun because you know how much work went into it. Um, but no, I mean, I don't know. I'm so usually so tired after we won <laughs> yeah. that it's like I'm kind of just a weakling. So it's like usually, you know, one of those nights it's you know pretty late and fun and everything. And then um, I don't know. I, the next usually couple nights it's like you're so tired, like you don't even realize like. You hit a wall no matter what at the end of the season. Right. You know, I mean, it's just like, so the wall that these guys are about to hit is going to be pretty big because, because <laughs> it's one, it's, you know, it's a Stanley Cup and it's something that obviously a guy like Alex has, um, has been working for his whole life and you finally get, get there. But then, I mean, man, once you, once it kind of hits you, it takes a little while. He's you still know? drunk, I, mean, I think, though. Well, those guys, I've been watching videos yeah. and I was watching in the airport. Um, some videos, and they are definitely having fun. They're de- <laughs> they're definitely like, we won the championship. We're making the most of it, which is cool. I mean, you know, hey, um, you know, first time in that city since what somebody that somebody won, I think ninety yeah, two twenty seven years, really long streak. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, hey, that's fun. I mean, um, you know, I actually have a family tie to Alex Ovechkin, so I was really cheering for. I was really cheering cheering hard for the Caps. Really. Are you related, or are you related, or is someone else? No, no, no. So, um, in 2013, when I played in Moscow, I played for Dinamo Moscow. Um, so Alex's brother Mike was our gen- is our general is the general manager of that club, and so and his mom Tatiana is the president and owner of the club. So okay. their family owns the team I played on. 
Wow. And so um, he came out, came to probably like two or three of our games during one of those out of 2013. So one of the times when he they lost, um, he uh, he came to one of our games in uh, in Moscow. So that was pretty sweet. And, but that's really, I mean, Tatiana's a, I think a two time so Alex's mom, two or three time Olympian gold medalist for the Russian. Um, national women's national team basketball. So, wow. um, they're, they're one of their big passions as a family is women's basketball. So I have a signed jersey in the basement of from Alex, and um, so I'm a big, big Caps fan. They're, they're my second favorite team of the Wild for nice. sure. Very nice. Uh, how special is that that first one too? Just to get that one because I'm sure that they're all they're all fun and all great. But when you get yeah. that first championship, what's that like? Yeah, I mean that one's one where it's just like. Um, you never, you don't, you don't really know what you're doing yet, you know? So you don't know like what it means. You don't know how to exactly push through, um, to actually win the last game or whatever, you know? So it's like when our first one in Atlanta in 2011, we had a bunch of people that were injured and, um, you know, just kind of had to fight through that game three out there to get the sweep. But it's like, you don't want to give them any chances. You don't want to take any possible I mean, anything that you could, you know, not win now that you're this close, you know? And so, yeah, it was just obviously, um, you know, just something where you just got to try to, you know, push through. And then it is, it's, it's really, once you win that first one, then it's just like you want to, then you want to do that every season <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Lindsay, Lindsay Whalen with us here, Mackie and Judd. This is, this is probably new for, for the Lynx and fans, the three and six start. What's your, what's your diagnosis for the slow start this season? Well, I think, um, you know, one, I think that, um, you know, six or seven on the road, I think this is one of the first times that um, that just the start of a season has kind of gotten us. And I think that um, I feel like we made some progress, honestly, over the last couple of weeks. Now, obviously, second half in Connecticut was not, was not great. First half, we played really well. And then, um, you know, I think offensively, at times, we just kind of put a lot of pressure on our defense, and they're the highest scoring, um, you know, team in the highest scoring team in the league right now. So, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of us, I think our starting five just needs to, we need to continue to work and continue to, you know, find our way to that form, that midseason form that we are used to. And, um, you know, I think, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, Maya's doing her thing. Sylvia's doing her thing. I think that, um, you know, my shooting percentage is a little bit down. I'm not sure where Moan and Brunson are, but I think that we can, I think we can, you know, do a little more to help those guys. And, um, you know, I think that that's probably one of the things that coach will focus on this week in practice and just everybody kind of rounding into form. We need, we need some of these practices, which I think will be really good. We had a busy, busy stretch and, um, you know, just unfortunately you look at those two games that we lost on buzzer beaters. So what would we be right now? Five and four, I think. And so those games actually really come back to hurt you when um, when you drop a game like the game at Connecticut or at L.A. When you're playing well, but, you you know, that night they were just better. You know, I still think by playoff time we'll be fine and we'll be right there with those teams. But then before you know it, the record is 3-6, and six, like you say, and none of us are accustomed to it. But, hey, this year's going to look different. This year's going to be a different journey. It always is. Um, it hasn't been this way since 2010 where we haven't, you know, we've always been – Either ten and zero or eleven and zero or last year thirteen and zero. So it's different, but um, you know it's no reason to, you know, not keep working hard or panic. Um, it's just all about the next day and and trying to get better and better yourself and make yourself a better player for the team. Why? Why is it? 
it, whether it's you guys or even the Warriors this year, you know they finished several games out of the number one seed. It seems like the further you go into a dynasty, either the harder it becomes to post a yeah. big regular season record, or just why why is it so much harder the further you get into a dynasty um, to to replicate regular season success at that peak level? I think that one of the things for us is we've been beating these teams for seven years. Yeah, and so they've all gotten high draft picks. They've all been mad that we've come into their buildings and beat them by 20 every year for seven straight years. And so they've had a lot of time to, they're like, we're not losing. You know, everybody gets up for us. That's the way it's been for all these years is everybody gets up for us. Everybody wants to beat us because we've been the best team. So now this is year seven of this dynasty that we have, four and seven, or it was, um, yeah, four titles in however many years now. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think one thing is, um you know, our players are a little bit older and the other teams have been gunning for us and they're really gunning for us. And so I think it's, I think it's the type of thing that, um, you know, we all just need to yeah, do a little more, dig a little deeper, find what we need to do to, to be able to match those teams. Um, a team like Connecticut's never won before, so they're very hungry. You could see it the other, the other game. They remind me of us in 2011 and that's just what it is, you know, and so for us is the, the veteran team and a team who's been through it. Now we have to be able to come out and match even more what they what they're able to do on the court. Do players uh, start to press in when things aren't going well like this, or with a veteran team, does that not uh, take place as much? Do you think, Lindsay? Well, I mean, you want to you want to win, you want to do well. So there's, um, you know, I don't I don't think we're quite there yet. I, don't, I didn't feel. I mean, we just beat Washington on the same road trip. We had a great win, probably our best team win of the season. Um, and then two nights later, two days later, we didn't, we didn't really have practice time, but we went and played Connecticut. And so it was just, I mean, honestly, this trip, it was, you know, I found a lot of positive in the fact of how we played against LA, however, we didn't win. And then the way we played against Washington and won, that's what you want, obviously, is to actually, you know, come up with the wins. That's what we get paid to do. But I mean, I think overall it was, you know, the ending wasn't great on the road trip, but overall, I feel like it was a positive road trip for us. And, um, and I think it's something that we can take that blueprint from that Washington game. So I don't think, I don't feel anybody was pressing because it's not, you know, we were able to break our losing streak and we we're able to have a good game. And I, I think everybody went into the Connecticut, Connecticut game feeling really well. It just, uh, there was some crucial points where we missed some free throws and missed some shots that we normally make and uh, put a lot of pressure on our defense. And then second half, um, you know, they got it going and um, Shakina Strickland came in and hit some big shots that were, that were pretty big during a big momentum time. So hopefully, you know, this week of practice, like I said, will be really good, and then we, we get back to it with uh, with a bunch of games. And so, um, you know, all you can do is, is try to prepare for, for this next week. Lindsay, one minute on the clock. It's Uh-oh. the it's the weekly full-court press. Full-court press. It's the block shot with Lindsay Whalen. All right. Where does LeBron James wind up in free agency? Oh. <laughs> LA, LA, I think LA or Houston. Oh, Houston would be so fun, man. Yeah. Two parter: your favorite player on the Warriors and your least favorite player on the Warriors. <laughs> favorite player in the Warriors, probably. Um, I would probably say Sean Livingston, and my least favorite is Draymond Green. Yeah, 
I think most people would say that about Draymond. Draymond. Sean Livingston, by the way, came back from one of the most devastating knee injuries in the history of sports Mm -hmm. and played 10 years. Yeah, He's 11 for 11. He just does his role. He knows what to do. He's like just so sneaky good in that team. Right. Uh, So people know your husband is one of the best golfers in the state. What's your golf handicap? Um, I play bogey golf, so... 20, 18, okay. 20. Keep up, okay. Least, yeah, I can, I can kind of keep up. Y- your least favorite question that you get from the media. Um, what do you what do you think is the problem with you guys' slow start? <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah. Okay, yes. then. <laughs> uh, what would you, if you took the Stanley Cup around for a day, what substance or liquid would you be most excited to put into it? <laughs> this is easy. Well, now that I'm a coach of the college, college university, I would say... Um, sparkling water in a line. San Pellegrino, sparkling water. Yeah. Exactly. So sparkling water, San Pellegrino, or uh, LaCroix, berry-flavored water in the uh, in the Stanley Cup trophy. And I'd bring it out to good old Hutchinson H-Town. Right on. Fair enough. All right. It's Lindsay Whalen with the or Bud fast Light. break. Or Bud Light, Lindsay. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Set a good example for those kids. Oh, uh, all right. Uh, good luck. Good luck getting your season back on track, Lindsay. And we'll be guys. sure to ask you about it if you don't next week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with the team, Thank Lindsay? Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. Lindsay Whalen. So yep. Uh, she's awesome. Oh, she is good. She's a good sport. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studio. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going, ASAP? You better be back. ESPN. This is where the magic starts. Mackie and Judd now continue. Showtime! On 1500 ESPN. Think you know who will win the U.S. Open? Well, prove it by signing up for 1500 ESPN's Majors Fantasy Golf Challenge. Or if you've already signed up, played a tournament or two, well, just log in again and make those picks. Select your players from the featured groups. Watch the field unfold this week. Correctly choosing your players could you win you a golf trip for four to Craigans. Make your picks before 6.55 a.m. this Thursday morning to be entered. Just head to 1500ESPN.com to sign up. Thank you, Dave. I'll be sure to uh, hack into the system and pick Tiger Woods for all eight groups. Looking forward to it. I know you will. That's right. You and Max. Well, Max and I have both come up with, I don't even know if it's a conspiracy theory. I think it's just the right theory. As to why Tiger Woods faded down the stretch at the Memorial a couple oh, weeks ago. All right. Putt? Well, that's what you think. That's what common people His think. His back was hurting? Couldn't, couldn't. Well, you, I'll let you do the math on that. The guy was number one, greens and regulation, fairways. Everything was in eight feet all right. of the pin. You think his back was really that bad? I think he had to give you a little bit. My back was a little tight on Thursday just to keep, just to keep you at bay. Okay. Maybe the PGA is fixed. You don't want to peek at the Memorial. You don't want to peek at the memorial. Is that what they say? You just want to make sure <laughs> you want to make sure you're fine-tuned leading up to Shinnecock and the US Open. But you don't want to win a tournament and buzzkill your real splash back into major oh, contention. Okay. I think he knew he was going to win the memorial by five shots and purposely missed eight putts within five feet just to save his big win and his big comeback for the US Open. So he passed on winning, although he could have won easily. Correct. Exactly. Wow. You've tortured things before, but that's good. I can't wait till he doesn't win this week. And then the theory is going to be, why would you want to win the U.S. Open 
when you could save it for the Open Championship. Which is a much more international Make the big event. comeback true. where golf was invented. Correct. I mean, come on, it's not St. Andrews, but close enough. I could see either one of those. Yeah. It, it just put it, Tiger's in full control of when he wants to win his next major. Yes. So it might be the PGA, is what you're saying? It'll probably he be one of the next pass two. on the no, Open no, Championship. No, no, he might win that one, too. But it would be All his right. second of two majors during this major cycle. He's got you in the Tiger spell. It's clear. You're, you're Tiger tranced right now. There are worse places to be. We've got to, we've got to break it, Dave. We've got to break him out of the Tiger trance. I just want to feel again, okay? <laughs> I just want to feel something. The sad thing is, golf-wise, you're not entirely joking. Well, no. He, your golf, he's, your... he's giving you enough little teases here. I think he's back into the top, is it the top 50 or 60 in the world golf rankings from like 900? He's top he 100. There? He's got to be top 100, I right? saw he was 80 at least a week or two ago, Literally, right? He was like 950th a month ago, basically. Mm-hmm. What, a, what an amazing story. I can't believe how little respect you give to my child. Well, I think it's fantastic he's coming back. I think it's great. He won yeah. a, It's great for golf. He won a U.S. Open with a broken leg. He yeah. did. How long yeah, ago? he was carrying that leg around. I mean, it was 10 bag. years ago, but I mean... He oh, it was, was only 10 years, okay. Yeah. It's golf. It was a compound fracture. Ten, I, there was, was a bone sticking out of his leg. <laughs> it was gutsy. It was gutsy. Yeah, there was, there it was, was a very blood trail down the fairway. Lower body. That's what they called it at the time. Mm-hmm. Just a lower body injury. That's all they called it. They wouldn't tell you anymore. His femur was shattered. Yeah. And he still managed to pipe those hey, drives tiger, in the back that nine. Tiger, bone sticking through your skin. Nah, it's lower body. Nothing to look at. <laughs> Nothing to see. I'm fine. Oh, man. Um, we have a couple things to get to here in the next hour. Wetmore is going to join to talk some twins in the 11 o'clock. But uh, it's the second time in the last year that a previous incident of some kind has come back around on the Gophers Athletic Department, so we can get to that story, too. And we finally have the IHOP payoff. The IHOP payoff from this morning. <laughs> People are not happy. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. On 1500 ESPN.